G'day, g'day, and welcome back to another episode of the Bradley J. Driver Experience. We're here again, face-to-face. I'm loving this. It's so good to get face-to-face with people who not only you as the audience can learn from and be entertained by, but also myself. It's a privilege of sitting here in this host seat. And today I've got an amazing interview ahead. I'm here with someone who is far wiser than me in the world of business and coaching. She is an 11-year vet in this industry, having a business coaching organization, I like to call it, because she's a very organized lady from what I hear, named Relauncher, also the founder of Sticky Studio, that's for business and ideas that stick, ladies and gentlemen, from your home, your car, or wherever you are, give a very warm welcome to the lovely Alison Morgan. How are you, Alison? I'm well, thanks, Bradley. This is going to be a fabulous conversation today. I'm really excited for this, because I feel... We were just talking about it before. We're in a different world now because of COVID. We're in a world where, excuse me, we're in a world where people have potentially lost their jobs or found opportunity to make career change because of COVID and the pandemic that's hit. And with that comes a lot of new business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs. And there's a lot of people who are now navigating the early stages of their career or their next move that what they do in the space of this next year or these next few years fundamentally could make or break them. And I really want to dive into that. I know sort of honing in on the audience demographic that listens to this and we appreciate every one of you. And we want to make sure that you leave this conversation feeling charged, but also feeling educated on what your next move is and how you go about it. So let's explain first. So I think it's nice to throw your credentials out there. So everyone gets an idea of who you are and what you've done. Um, Talk to us a little bit about your journey in the business world. Sure. So as you mentioned, I've got two businesses. I firstly launched Relauncher around about 11 years ago. The landscape was completely different. There was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. And I basically, you know, came to sliding doors in my life where my kids were at an age where I was like, right, I can go back to work. My background is in marketing for really big blue chip companies over in London as well as yep. throughout Australia. But I knew I didn't want to go back into the corporate space because I wanted this flexible life. And it was actually at a time where there were hardly any small businesses. There were very few ways of marketing a business. So everything was very much, you know, like much yeah. harder. To, to do. Anyhow, I went down down the path of starting my own business. So it was very different to what you see today. And it was an online store. And within three years, that then evolved into business coaching, which is what I do today. And typically speaking, when a business launches, and then you look at them two to three years later, it's often quite a different business. That's just completely normal. Yeah. And a lot of people feel, if they don't know that, that potentially that they've failed or or they weren't good at what they did. But but knowing that pretty much all businesses evolve and change in those early years makes all the difference. You yeah. have to. Um, and then, so basically I've been business coaching small business owners from all industries. I started off just in fitness and health because back then that was where people were starting businesses. Yeah. You know, PT, studios, all small businesses. And then it caught on into other industries. So I really became an expert in the health, wellness and fitness niche. And then I would say around about four years later, I branched out into beauty and lifestyle. And now I coach 
a huge raft of businesses ranging to um, lawyers, accountants, like the li- it's huge. It's really, really huge. I even have a client who's a barrister um, and he's been a barrister for many, many years over in, in the UK and then he's just got to a stage in his career where he's like, I actually want to become a mediator and set up my own entity. So, yeah, so, so my clients range from 14 years old. That's my yeah. youngest. So he's been homeschooled and has got an amazing business um, that he does in his spare time right through to people in their 60s and 70s. Um, And what you find these days is that people that have had a business going for five plus years generally have multiple businesses. That's the trend. So I've got that. And then about two, three years ago, I launched Sticky Studio. Uh, which is branding, packaging, websites, yep. online portals, all that kind of stuff. And interestingly, that business, before it became Sticky Studio, I actually had running under the relauncher brand for a yeah, few years just that, to make yeah. sure that it would work. And then I was like, right, I can pull this out and have a business from day one, which is what I've done. So I have a team of people working for me with Sticky Studio, but everyone's remote. So I, I've got my okay. office at home and I have done since day one. And the whole team is dispersed everywhere and they all work from home as well. And we're in a beautiful home here, so it is a beautiful office space. I can imagine it feels very productive. And what a resume. What an amazing bunch of things you've done. And I want want to come back to that 14-year-old and that idea around how young people really can be successful in business now in the current world, in the tech world. But I want to sort of backtrack a little bit. You said your business started as an online store. Mm. What were you selling? What was the product? Oh my gosh. It was actually service vouchers. So think of like Groupon. Okay. So the idea was is that you would come to Relauncher to be relaunched. So you would buy a voucher to, you know, do, yeah, like hair, hair, exercise, clothing. Because I was at that stage of my life where I'd had children, I'd lost myself and I'm like, I need a relaunch. I need to pull myself together. It was like a you know holistic overall type of thing so I basically we had to go out and get all the different service providers on and look it was it was a really hard business to market because it was at the infancy of e-commerce and people weren't even that used to buying online yet like like online stores like style runner hadn't even started so the thought of even buying activewear online it hadn't even happened so I was a little bit ahead of my time and I really plugged away at at it for around about two two and a half years and then it naturally evolved into what it is today I started running events but it was great experience because I really understand e-commerce very well Mm. Um, but it, it was just a different era as I said there was no social media to market it it's funny to it think really of a world difficult. without that, isn't it? Yeah. So as I said, I was ahead of my time. There were lots and lots of learnings. But what one of the fundamental principles it taught me, which is a game changer to actually know this, is to not be so emotionally invested, invested in your business that you won't evolve. Because okay. you, know, you can go two to three years down the track and you go, oh, I've sent, sunk $50,000 into creating this business yeah. and I don't want to change it. Because I spent all these hours and all this money and I don't want to change it. And if you take that mindset, it can be the biggest hindrance. That's an ama- I think that's an amazing point because I had this conversation yesterday with a mate. I said, I'm starting to understand that my passion is storytelling and sharing story of others. 
it's not exactly the setup or the vehicle of the podcast. So it could be whatever, mm. but I think that's a really good point. Don't get emotionally attached yeah. to the one vehicle or that one product. Mm. Because in a world like we're in today, you kind of need to evolve and adapt you have at to. the click of a finger. Yeah, and the other thing just to know, like when you first start out, you know, whether you've created a business plan or not, you have a plan in your mind of what your product or service is going to be, the price point, your target audience. But until you get traction you can't really like fine tune it. So you might find that you get interest in a particular area of the business that was never going to be a focal, focal point. Yeah. And then you've got to make the decision. So do I evolve the business so that yep. it's answering these questions and curious minds or do I need to look for a different target audience? And generally the answer is if I've got traction with these people, yep. what can I evolve, evolve the business? so that you know i give them what they want and that's why people always say listen to your audience and give them what they want definitely i think that's really important right talk to me about you know we said before we want to make sure this is educational for those younger people who are starting businesses and from what it sounds like it sounds like your background in marketing was was that a passion or was was it just something that you felt you were good at and you wanted to just grow business was business as a whole the driving force or was it particular areas of business? Yeah, look, it's really interesting because when you're first starting out, you know, a lot of people will say, I want to start a business, but I'm not sure what. I don't know what it's going to be. Mm. And the biggest um, sort of learning or thing to take on board is you need to take your skill set of what you're good at, but there has to be passion. So you've got to merge it with your passion because if you're not passionate about what you're doing, you're going to kind of get to the end of the line pretty quickly because you have to put in so many hours. So for me, the driving force was freedom and flexibility because I had two children, my husband's in advertising and I just needed to be able to do something from home, but I needed something that I was passionate about. I always knew I wanted to run a business, but I didn't know what it was going to be, but I was good at marketing and that's where my degree, qualification and experience was from. So interestingly, I didn't start off as a business coach um, because uh, the business coaches weren't set up the way they are today. And that's why I went into the e-commerce background. Mm. But yeah, you, you really have to be passionate about it, but you have to have a skill set. Yeah. I really think, you know, look, you can, you can do things that you have no skill or expertise in and learn it, but it will be a harder, longer, more frustrating road. I definitely agree. And I think that's why, you know, we spoke about this before on our 60, I think this will be maybe 66 episodes that I've launched by the time you're hearing this. And it's because I love it. Mm. Like it's the idea of doing a whole lot doesn't bother me at all because I'm like, I want to do hours of something that I love. Yeah. So I think that's a big part of the journey. Do you believe, I know it's a real split. I guess it's a split opinion. What I'm going to ask you this question here amongst many business coaches or business experts but do you think people have to be born with a certain something to be an entrepreneur or can that be no. taught it could be taught yeah yeah and, and what do you think that is look that it's characteristic i think a lot of it has to do with getting your mindset geared for success and drive um and a lot of it this is something i've been speaking about recently is a lot of success actually comes from getting out of your comfort zone and it's something that you you become more and more used to 
as you do it more. So, you know, it's, set, it's just setting yourself up for success, surrounding yourself with the right people. That's easier than ever now with social media yeah. and, you know, technology and Zoom. And really just, I think, become very laser focused on what your goals are because without those goals, you can actually just spend a lot of time wafting around. And we've all got very noisy brains, we all do. of us especially entrepreneurs. And one of the key things that I hear from entrepreneurs is that they've got so many ideas that it almost paralyzes them. Mm. And they'll do bit here, bit there, bit, and then all of a sudden they're like so busy, but they're not actually driving forward. So you yeah. really need to have a clear goal. And when you're first starting out, that goal might not be clear, but you have to just work towards it becoming clear. So clarify what you want early yeah. and set a plan to move towards it. Mm. And what do you think are some of those little speed bumps along the way that will definitely be encountered but need to be expected and almost planned for? Yeah. Most people, when they're first starting, they'll look at competitors, which you have to do. You have to understand what's going on out there. But the minute you understand who, what your competitors are doing and price points, disconnect. Because otherwise you're constantly comparing yourself to someone that's already established and no okay. one started where, where you're looking. So yeah, do your research and then disconnect and then start finding your own feet. Um, do have a business plan, but have a loose business plan. And again, I'll, this is a conversation I was having last week is don't be trapped by the business plan. So mm. create, you know, and it, it can be bullet points under the different headings, but then start taking action to move ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So action is the biggest winner of all. It is in every area yeah. of life, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I spoke about that a lot at the beginning of this year. I felt, you know, last year was the best year of my life. It was by far the best year of my life. But I felt a lot of people had a very negative experience last year. Mm. And I think that's because there was not a lot of action taken. I think yeah. COVID was almost an excuse for people not to move towards what they wanted, not to execute on ideas they'd had, or or maybe just to put a year aside on the shelf and say, we'll start again in 2021. But we're here and, and COVID still is too. Yeah. So, you know, I think that action is, it's it's like anything in life, whether it's fitness, yeah, whether it's business, whether it's relationships, you need to take action to make things happen. That's right. What do you think some of those, well, what are the necessary, um, I guess, actions that need to be taken early on to set up the fundamental foundations of a good business? Well, first of all, you need to recognize how much time you've got. Yeah. So, so clients that I work with that have also got a full-time job or other gigs going on, I always say to them, how much time have you got per week to dedicate to this? And then we create the action plan from that. Because the fact is there is so much you can do. You know, you could feel up all day, every day if you had that time, but most people don't. So you need to just work out like what's the time that I've got and then start working out what are the actions I'm going to take. And the way, the best way to really do it is just go, where do I want to be in 12 months time? So you, rather than trying to like look where you want to be in five years time, 12 months is the best, particularly in this environment. So once you understand what that long-term goal is, then you can say, what do I need to do in the next one to three months that will actually take yeah. me to that goal. So you think about your actions as stepping stones to get you to your goal. Because if you don't do that, you can have a goal and those posts might change depending yeah. on what the environment is. And then if the stepping stones are like not measured up to that goal, you can end up wasting time. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, obviously within the current landscape, 
everything like we spoke about you being early stages of e-commerce and wow what a time it would have been to be in that business yeah. then and to understand it early but e-commerce is everywhere now it's, mm. it's so heavily utilized do you think you know if you look at that as a potential industry or avenue for people to dive into with business e-commerce. yeah but as well as the you know the vast yeah. array you know it's like business is like a large menu there's so many items to choose yeah. from where do you think the rural areas of opportunity are now where people okay. can combine those passions and talents yeah and dive into those areas all right so you've got product businesses and service businesses yep. service businesses are much harder to start up because they're not tangible like i can't i've got nothing to give you to trial yep. okay However, service-based businesses are fabulous because the overheads are very, very small and they're versatile and you're not stuck anywhere. So if someone said to me, what what style of business? I'm like service. I I own two service businesses, but they take, as I said, you have to stick at it to um to really get it to take off it's becoming easier in today's world to market it now that we've got igtvs and lives and all those kind of things products are great they'll take off generally speaking those businesses will take off quicker because you can get the product into people's hands you can get that shareable content and also you know trust and credibility and testimonials where a lot of people go with wrong with product-based businesses is they release too many products at once. So you, okay. the, the best approach to take is if you're releasing a product, release between one and three products in one range. Okay. Okay, because what happens is when you release a new business, there's no trust and there's no credibility. And naturally, the business owner's focus is they just want to make sales. Yep. Okay, it's the wrong way to think. You need to think, I need to spend this initial time building trust and credibility. Yep. And then it becomes so much easier to make a sale because the decision making gap in the purchaser's mind is much smaller. Yep. So basically, that's why I'm saying, like, don't um, launch with a product range of too much because it's too much for them to take on board yep. mentally. So, and also it's really nice to be releasing things in phases because then you've got something new and exciting to talk about as well. Definitely. And that seems to be a trend I've noticed. I follow a lot of people who have clothing businesses or in the fashion industry. That seems to be a trend that is becoming more popular. I've also noticed a lot of businesses who are very early in the maturity seem to do the pre-release. Yes. So a little pre-release or pre-orders, that sort of style. Is that a positive way for a business to begin without outlaying? Yeah. Yeah. Pre-sell. Yeah. Because I feel that for most people, you know, finances can be a real stress if you're in a bad situation. Yeah. Do you feel that that's what crumbles most businesses early? Cash flow is always difficult for small businesses. That's just completely normal, and that's why service-based businesses are great. Is because there's basic, there's very, very little overheads. So just keeping that in mind, and I think business well the way that I approach business myself but with all my clients is just to make it really simple I see that people overcomplicate things and have way too much going on Uh, and they they naturally think that they have to have lots going on to make the business work whereas in actual fact if you strip it right back less is always more and so like a bit of a way of approaching business I say is to break your year down into quarters and then each quarter you have between one and three marketing strategies Okay. No more, no more. So, and that's a really good way of um, working out what is working for your business in the early yep. years. So you can go, you know what, 
for the next three months, I'm going to focus on these three topics or these three pushes. And then if one's doing really well, carry it over to the next quarter, ditch the other two that aren't going well, and then decide, do I actually need those two or should I trial something else? Okay. So... As a business owner, if you keep talking about the same thing, you as a person start to come bored and over it, but no one sees everything that you put out there and people need to see things several times before they take action. So that approach is really good in the early yeah. years. Do you feel that there's, you know, are there things that people do wrong in those early stages of those those businesses like fashion where maybe there's there's no passion there. They're diving into something. Do you think there can be too many businesses basically is my question that are doing the same thing without real passion behind them? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because I only work with passionate people. That's why they come. That's why they come to me. Uh, So first of all, I think if you're not passionate, move on because you're going to get sick of it at some point. I think that there is space for everyone because I mean, you just think about like how many yoga studios are out there. Like Mm. everything's pretty much out there, but where you can stand out is to put your own element, like your own twist, your own personality through the business. And that's why it's really important. Once you understand what's going on in the industry, bounce out, don't worry what everyone else is doing. And then you just get really immersed into your business. I want to elaborate on that just there. You spoke about bringing your own personality out within your business how important is it as a business owner or as a professional in any aspect or avenue of life to really be working on yourself and putting in the hours on your own mind your own physical body how much does that help you over the years oh yeah look i i'm a different person than if i hadn't have launched my own business and I think most business owners will say that is because to become successful, you have to get out of your comfort zone. Naturally, we don't want to do that. Yeah. And so when we put ourselves out of our comfort zone, um, you know, we bounce up against walls and obstacles and thought processes. And so once you kind of work your way through these different elements, you come out just a completely different person. The other great thing about running your own business, and we were talking about this before you hit record, is the different people that you get to meet. Yeah. And and it, it is life-changing. It it's really a blessing, is. isn't it? Oh, absolutely. But you, you do have to work on yourself when you are running your own business. Do you have, like, one thing I find myself asking a lot of my guests in more recent times is, I've become a little bit of an advocate for like a morning routine. I have a morning routine that makes me feel great and charges me. Do you have the little anchors in your life that seem to set you up for success? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to be similar to yours. Yeah, I, I get, get up. feeling. Yeah, well, I get up at around about five and yeah. it's way too dark at that time of the morning at the moment. Um, it is, isn't it? It's oh, been very dark. The last week. have got week. like 6.20 sunrises. Yeah. I know. And I, I used to go to the studio, uh, you know, to exercise, but I actually exercise out the back in the studio via an app now just because the gyms aren't open at that time. And, yeah, so I exercise, I have to exercise before my day starts. I have breakfast, all that kind of stuff. But I'm generally at my desk by about 7.30. Okay. Yeah. So you're into it nice and early. Yeah, very early. Nice yeah. and early. And do you have a similar style of... I guess similar style of routine where it's a bit of self-love before you go to bed at night. Well, I would like to say yes. I, you know what? I end most days running. My boys are like elite runners, and so while they're training for about two hours most afternoons, I'll go and I'll run. I don't run yeah. for the full two hours. But then by the time we get home, it's eight o'clock at night. I've got to do okay. dinner, you know, lunches for them 
tidy up. By the time I sit down, it's quite often quite quarter past nine, and I like to go to bed about 9.30, So, yeah, not really. But I do cut – like, I, I never go to bed frazzled. I think there's a real lesson in that too, though, because – you know, it shows that it doesn't matter how busy you are, you can still be successful. You can set your day up for success. And if it's that hour and a half that you get to yourself in the morning to do yeah. those things and be productive, because I think one of the excuses we hear a lot is, you know, oh, I've got kids or I've got a family or I've got this. How have you navigated that over the years? Has it taken time to learn? Social Street is a digital media company that specializes in small businesses. They take care of everything from website design and creation, social media management and personal branding. They ensure you get the most out of your social media presence and can help in content creation too. Social Street has worked with a range of industries from beauty salons, the fashion industry, the health industry and personal branding. Get in touch with them through their Instagram page at Social Street, that's Social ST, or give Taylor a call at 0449-293-497 to book a free discovery call or get a quote. Greg and Sharon Flood are the owners of Inspect Wollongong. Their job is to provide you with a building and pest report, identifying the good and the bad in each property to provide you with the necessary advice moving forward. Keen property investors themselves, Greg and Sharon love helping anyone who's keen to get into the market. It all begins with a home that will stand the test of time. So get in touch with Inspect Wollongong via the contact details in the show notes. Uh, no, because, because I'm a very focused and productive person, so I was always going to be okay with multitasking. But there's definitely tips that I can give, and I actually did a live on this this morning because a lot of people get distracted very easily. So it's just about setting yourself up for success. You know, again, knowing what you need to focus on, how much time you've got to do it, so that when you sit down, you actually are getting it done rather than just, you know, scrolling or, you know, getting lost on the web. And when you're focused, you find that you can avoid distractions. It's a little bit like, you know, when you're at school and you had an assignment, if it's due tomorrow, you're going to get it done. But if it's due in three weeks, you'll just wait. So it's the same mentality of just being really focused. And because with business, time is money, you really have to just go, these are the things that I'm going to get done because I know that that's going to drive me to my end goal. Um, I I do think, and I'm sure you agree, that having um, mindfulness in your day will make all the difference to just calm and ground you. Yeah. It's something I'm working on a lot recently. Yeah. Is I find myself as as someone who maybe isn't as productive as you are. I just find myself easily distracted and because my work is promoting this podcast, this is what I do full time for a living. And to run this and to organise sponsors and to reach out to those people like yourself to mm. come on for an episode, but also people to sponsor episodes like we're shooting today. I find that it's almost sometimes so on my phone and you know with notifications from Instagram or Facebook or messages popping up it's very easy to become someone who multitasks way too much yes that's right and so I'm trying to strip that back I've actually been in the mornings I turn my phone off until about nine o'clock and I dive in and I do what I got to do exercise I read I try to get creative cook myself a little brekkie and sit and just think for a minute Mm. and just be still. And then when I dive in, I try to dive in on my laptop now. Yeah. Get my phone away, 
maybe put a podcast in my ear, but just be more productive on one task at mm. a time. It's and so true. It's, it's a hard skill to master. I feel like most people struggle, struggle with that productivity mm. and procrastination. So I think, yeah, definitely take those tips. I think I will be. I'll be taking yeah. those later. And- well, it's interesting because I, I think it's very important you master the art of meditation, you know, the 20 minutes. But then it, once you've mastered it, it becomes easier to meditate without spending 20 minutes. So yeah. for me now, like I don't take the 20 minutes. I used to do 20 minutes in the morning and the evening when I was first starting my business. That was amazing. But now... I literally just become way more mindful. And what I found was, you know, in the afternoon when the boys were running, I used to just work, I'd walk and work from my phone. And yeah. I, and I, at the time I was like, this is great. I can get all that work done. And then I was like, this is actually scrambling my brain because I'm not having any time off. I'm just working all the time. Yeah. So since I've taken up running, I love it because I don't particularly like it, but I know it's really good for me. And so my brain focuses on the running and I'm not, working so i'm actually working less yeah but i'm being way more productive how good's running yeah it's so good i got into running last year yeah and it's just it's a good you feel great you never finish a run and think shouldn't have done that yeah i know you always hate it at the beginning though yeah yeah (laughs) it always takes a couple k's to warm up i find yeah it doesn't matter how good you get or how much faster or fitter you get it always takes that first few k's of struggle doesn't it before you really start to open up and relax do you go distance with your running? I do, do a little do? bit. So I ran a marathon last year. I'm actually getting wow. a cramp at the moment from a run this morning. Um, I ran a marathon on December 12th last year for Cystic Fibrosis Australia. The listeners are probably sick of hearing it. It's called 42 for CF, but I was never a runner. I could not run 2K. I remember it's it was the worst probably, feeling when you get started, oh, isn't it? It was June last year. And I was not in the best shape of my life. I was, I'd been a little bit lazy. Mm. You know, real estate, real estate body had sort of hit me and I'd just gotten out of the industry and I thought I want to get my fitness and my health back on track and it's really important for my cystic fibrosis and I started doing like just a lot of walking and swimming and a little bit of weights and a couple of mates invited me to a run club, Active Boys Run Club, who I run with every week now, a couple of times a week and they said, come along to this, it's 5Ks on a Sunday, we all have an ice long black and a swim after, it's a great atmosphere and I thought that sounds like a lot of fun. I was like, I haven't run 5Ks in about yeah. six, seven years. So I thought, I'll just go for a little 2K to test me. And I think I got about 800 meters in. I thought, this is not for me. No. I'm over this already. Yeah. I ended up going and struggling through a couple of weeks. And I had a little bleed in my lungs and ended up in hospital. But whilst I was in hospital, I thought, what a great story. If I went from this to running a marathon by the end of the year, it'd really show what you're capable of mm. if you set your mind to something. And so we'd done the event. We ended up raising just over 50 grand, over 55,000 for charity. And it taught me something that everything is hard, whether it's running business, yeah. any aspect of your life, until you dedicate yourself to it. But more importantly, until you find some sort of underlying purpose that you can anchor yourself to. Mm-hmm. And I think purpose fuels progress yeah, in absolutely. any area of your life. And yeah, so from there, I just built up and you know, to a point now where I run couple of days a week and I love it and you know I love running half marathons and mm. um yeah I try to keep it a one I think I'll keep it a one full marathon a year it's probably enough it, for the body but it, when you first start running though it is like you're it's like this sluggish feeling it's like I can't lift my body this yeah. is just like cement <laughs> I for me it was scary because I'm like I'm 24 and I feel 64 yeah 
yeah. yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, and now it's a freeing feeling, so I love it. I love it. Mm. I want to go back quickly to something you said earlier because it's just talking about youth and vitality. There, mm. it reminded me of you speaking of your fourteen-year-old client. Yes, and I'm fascinated by the world we live in today. I believe, in so many ways, technology is an incredible blessing. It could also be a very scary curse in the direction that we're headed in with how advanced it's getting, but. I look at these young kids, you know, and at the age of nine or 10, you can be making five figures on YouTube, six figures on YouTube by basically providing entertainment or education in some way, shape Mm. or form. With these younger kids that you see coming through, like to have a client at 14, um, that's incredible. So credit to, I think you said it was a young fella. Yeah. Um, Credit to that young fella. But how do you see the landscape changing now with technology? Do you think business has become, whilst it was always wide and broad, mm. do you think it's become just even broader? Oh, absolutely. I'm a little bit old-fashioned in my approach, though, that I, I still think, you know, you should do as much of your education as possible. This boy is still at school, mm. but I think... In some cases, it can look too easy from an outsider's perspective Definitely. to create a business and then there's this false sense of security like, I want to be an influencer or I'm just going to set up an online shop so I'm not going to bother about doing any more study. Mm. I think it's so important to go as far as you can in your education. But I also think it's really important, again, this is old-fashioned, is to actually go and work for someone else because... What you learn from being in the workplace will really, really help you in your own business. I tend to agree with that. I think reflecting on my past careers, and I was a real estate agent before that, a personal trainer, and working for people and working with just clients who are in a completely different space of life to where I am now. You learn so much about yourself, but you also learn little skills along the way that actually aid you in whatever you do next that are then a part of that arsenal that you have to dive into that business or that next venture. Yeah. Do you feel that with that, you know, you just said there about education being important, working and being in the workforce, being an essential part of business development too. Do you think that there's a right time for people to leave their career behind them to chase business? Do you think most people should start as a side hustle to take financial burden off or or you all for people sort of upping and leaving and yeah you know I don't think there's a right answer for this because everyone's different and I always say you must tailor and approach your business to you rather than a cookie cutter approach and that's why I've always done one-on-one coaching and not group is because the answer is different for everyone and different everyone's got a different personality as well and also different circumstances but if you are working in a job where you've got a salary but you're also got a side hustle that you want to turn into something you it's best to stay at the salary job for as long as you can or even start to taper it down gradually so that it gives you time to build your business it's very unusual for a business to explode overnight and the ones that do have their own set of stressful issues and so if someone said to me what's the best case scenario of growing a business you know like a huge business that just happens overnight or something that takes longer than you want I would actually say the one that takes longer than you want because it gives you time to you know adjust with your experience and just you know running an own business running your own business it gives you time to set up your processes and systems which is where I see um 
not having that set up properly is actually becomes a huge hindrance for businesses. It yeah. is such a nightmare. Also gives you time to set up, you know, contracts and get the right staff on board. So one of the biggest lessons you'll learn is patience. <laughs> yeah, and it's bloody hell it's a virtue because Isn't it's it? hard it's hard oh, to get patience it is. in your life. I struggle with patience. I yeah. think it's maybe it's it's part of the younger trait within me is that you know, I think we all want great things to happen immediately or as quickly as they can. But like you said before, when you're passionate, you enjoy the journey a little bit mm. more. It's still frustrating so though. It is. My, my business took three years to take off. And I, I can just remember just being so frustrated because I could see where I wanted to be. But I also knew I was never going to give up. So yeah. it was like, you know what, however long this takes me, I'm going to get there. And really, most businesses, when you hit that three-year mark, it's like the train gets put on the track and then yeah. it just takes off. So, you know, the business will be moving forward prior to three years, but the whole time it's just it's a slog. It's an absolute slog. You're quite often veering, you know, changing things at the business and getting quite frustrated. But by the time you hit three years, you're like, oh, this just is so much easier. It's flowing it's going in the right direction. I have a great question from that. In that three years for you personally, how much head noise but also outside noise was there that was saying, uh, do you need to reconsider this? Was there any of that? or? Oh, there was a little bit, but that's when I really did a lot of personal development was during yeah. that time. And I think that that really helped me. So I really did like a lot of inward work. I did meditation. I spent a lot of time observing what other people were doing and how they ran businesses yeah so whereas i would never have time to do that level now so it was actually really good because i feel like that's something a lot of people would be getting yeah. in the early stages of the business maybe it's mum or dad or or maybe it's your peers or the people around you or the people from your old workplace who go you know maybe you should give this up and just go back to doing what you're good at or what you used to do mm. do you think that's is that a, I would say it's a period that crumbles most. Do you think that's something that people need to just be prepared for? Yeah, it's interesting because I think, in all honesty, I don't think you need to share a lot of your business journey with people. Okay. So in those first years, yep. if you start talking about all this uncertainty and when you're having trouble, everyone wants to give you their advice. But in all honesty, they've got no idea unless you're speaking to a qualified business coach. Um, and because some of my clients will say to me, oh, my friend told me to do this or my friend's got a business and told me to do this. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad we're talking because that's exactly what you shouldn't do. So I think, you know, really just... I would just like, don't internalize everything, but yeah. just know that your gut instinct is the right instinct. And I think having a mentor is actually really, really helpful, yeah. but just also just creating as much certainty in your own mind as possible is really good. And I would try to block out what other people are saying. On that, you said a mentor and I can imagine you're a great mentor for many of your clients and many other people around you. What is the right time to engage a business coach in your journey? Is that very individual? Or? Yeah, yeah, it, it's very individual. Some people can't be coached. So okay. I, I've had a very, very, like a handful of clients, if that, over the years where I've kind of gone, like, you can't be coached because they just, they're so headstrong, they don't want to take on anything Any that you've said. So it's a waste, it's a waste of my time, it's a waste of their money. Um, so yeah, there are people that can't be coached, but... You can be coached at any time. So some people will come to me and they'll go, I've literally got the seed of a business idea. Can you help me? 
so yes, right through to pe- people that have been going oh forever. Yeah. They're like, oh my god, I've got staff issues. You know, I, I literally I'm too deep in my um, business, or I'm just doing too much, and I actually want to take more of like a CEO role. It yeah. just depends. So you can come at any stage, but I think it's really important to find a coach that matches your style. So just okay. if so, if things don't work out with a particular coach, it it just could be that that was the wrong coach for you. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's the same with any sport. Yeah, you that's find right. a coach that works for you and works for your strengths and weaknesses. And one thing I want to sort of get your thoughts on to finish up, I think you know, I've had you for long enough and I know you're so busy, <laughs> is I think we learn from our mistakes and our failures. And I think they're a defining part of everyone's journey, regardless of whether you're in business or not. Are there two sort of failures or mistakes? And, you know, I say that loosely. I think, yeah. like I said, they're learnings. Are there two learnings along the way that, you'd like to share with everyone listening or watching that could be really helpful to them in the early stages of their business growth? Sure. So this is a, this is a very expensive mistake I made. <laughs> Put me back 11 years and I'd probably make the okay. same mistake again. But um, I had the website built. It was very expensive back then to have a website built and I had to go through this agency in Surrey Hills and they said to me, look, you need SEO. I think everyone needs SEO anyway, as you know, even now, but they locked me into a contract for 12 months, which cost me $13,500. I I actually could have lit a bonfire to that money because it did nothing. And basically they locked me into keywords that they did for SEO, but because the business evolved, the keywords were no longer relevant by the time the job had finished. And also where they were threading the keywords was just so spammy. So it wasn't even my target audience. It was out of date. I was locked into a contract. It was just, ugh. Anyway, I learned so much from that. But what's actually great, though, is I've been able to help other people avoid the same scenario by telling the story so many times. And interestingly, as for Sticky Studio, we actually do SEO in the back end of people's websites. We don't charge anything near that Um, and it's just a one-off in the back end of the website so I think just be very careful with um, experts telling you that you've got to sign contracts and be locked into things like everything's negotiable um, and just that is just something to be very very clear of so that that was one huge mistake I made and just quickly SEO in case you didn't know I think most people know in today's society but it's search engine optimization it's a big part of big part of websites and and online business yeah second um learning that I had is that I stuck with relaunch of version one for too long Okay. So I could have grown quicker. So what happened is because I'd sunk in $13,500 on SEO and then oh, spent, I don't know, six or $7,000 on the website, another four on branding, you know, there was lots of costs involved. So while the business was not taking off, I felt I had to stay in version one because so much time and money had been yeah. sunk into it. The minute I rebranded, shifted focus of the business, it, it, it took off. So, you know, that goes back to, as I said before, is don't be so invested in your business that you don't make those changes. I love that. I, th- I think that is the biggest point of this because it's something I've been guilty of in my it's past easy. is being so yeah. emotionally attached yeah. to your ideas and what you think will work. 
doesn't always work. Mm. You've just got to listen to what works and see what the audience responds to, right? Yeah. I think a good way of approaching it is like say your business name or your brand name and then you'll go, there's going to be V1, V2, V3 and it just continues. Yeah. And every time there's a version, it's an evolution. Yeah. So I would say that I'm up to like V6 of relauncher. Whereas when I first launched the business, I thought it was V1 and V1 was the business. Yeah. So, so yeah, if you take that approach, you then become a little bit more detached yep. and more willing to change. I love it. Thank you so much for being here today, Alison. You're an absolute gem. I want to make sure that everyone listening to this or watching this not only absorbs all of this today, but actually goes on to follow your journey but also to continue to be educated by you, potentially be one of your great clients. Where do they find you? Relauncher.com.au and stickystudio.com.au. I'll make sure all those links and tags are in the description for today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, it's always a pleasure to be sitting behind the mic, hosting another episode for you all. Make sure you go and follow Alison Morgan's journey. It's been a pleasure to sit here with you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bradley. Thanks, Bradley.